<clears throat> for his great thing. Just buckle up. Uh, Chase, are you, you good there? I'm, I'm excellent. You're buckled in? Drive safe. You have precious cargo in your car. Don't worry. Talk about me. 80 miles per hour or nothing. That's how I drive. Makes sense. Let's start the show. Welcome back, movie buffs and snack enthusiasts, to the tastiest podcast in town, Concession Impressions. I'm Michelangelo, and I'm joined by my partner in culinary crime, Charles. Say hello. Hello. Thanks. Today, we're bringing you our honest review of the latest movie releases, but with a delicious twist. Yes, that's right. Our rating system, based on the snacks that you know and love from the local theater, the best of the best, where we get the coveted peanut M&M ratings while the solid performance will get you a trusty popcorn stamp of approval. But beware, the not so great movies will earn a hot dog review and the true flops will be relegated to the raisinette bin of shame. We're here to give you the inside scoop on which movies are worth your time. And as always, we're going to be driving home and we're going to be talking all about this film our immediate reactions from we just left the movie theater we're in the car about to get on the freeway right now i am going into the carpool lane and we're going to drive for the next 20 30 minutes until we get to chase's apartment and i can just throw him out the car and that's going to be our discussion of this film yes that's a long-winded explanation of, of the show but welcome and thank you for joining us for another episode of concession impressions this episode we're talking about the new animated film by makoto shinkai suzume okay sorry about that just um for some reason i have this like random thing that whenever i get in the car before i talk about a movie i have to just say that so but now let's talk it's about such a weird tick yeah i know it's it's weird so i'm glad that the radio's off we're we're just it's quiet driving now let's talk about this film suzume now i will preface for this movie as well i was able to work on this film and the marketing of this film so the trailers and stuff i worked on so i do have a little bit some fun tidbits about this film from the director himself juicy goss so i think i can add some extra fun things to this but anyways chase i'm very curious to hear your thoughts first so Suzume, what, what did you think of it? So I largely enjoyed it. I, I think it's not my favorite animated movie by any means. I there, there are a couple of things that I find slightly annoying about the way that this director chooses to animate scenes. I found it particularly annoying at the beginning, and it got better throughout the movie. But he loves to pause on scenes where there are lots of things happening in the background and then there's also something happening with the actual character and so there's just all this movement happening and my eye doesn't know where to look for like during those scenes which are about like maybe 10 10 15 percent of the movie and so something with the character is like happening and then there's also like some out of focus like flower like moving back and forth in the left 
side of the screen or something like that. Or there's like glare off of the ocean, like sparkling wildly in the background or something. There's just so much movement happening, which uh-huh. is kind of cool. But the times he chooses to deploy that are somehow really distracting for me. <laughs> and and then I'm like losing the detail or I'm losing the focus of the story because I'm focusing over here and then I'm not reading the subtitles, which maybe, maybe, maybe if you speak Japanese, which like you do, so like maybe it's better for you. <laughs> but like for me, I was like distracted for a portion of the movie, which I find really annoying. So like for animation in particular, I think movement is so key because movement is really where your eye is immediately drawn to. So if your character is moving in most animation, you'll see that like the background is pretty simplified or there will be less motion happening elsewhere on the screen so mm-hmm. that your eye is drawn to whatever the character is doing. Mm-hmm. And I found myself at times during this movie unable to do that. Gotcha. And so that that that's my only gripe with that. Other than that, like it's gorgeous. The animation is really, really very nice. Yeah. And... Yeah it's overwhelming in a good way for portions of it. Like, I, I think also, like, like a movie like Akira has some scenes where, like, he's just driving through the city on his, his motorcycle, and there's tons of background movement happening, and it's really overwhelming and amazing. Some of those moments are really great, and I think this movie has some, some moments like that where she's, like, driving on her bicycle, and there's tons of movement and gorgeous background detail. Those moments I like. It's just when she's like talking with somebody or doing some specific action that is important to the plot. And then there's also all this background detail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I start to get like distracted. There is moments that I was watching and I was like, wow, this looks so real, so beautifully animated that it looks great. Especially like the scenes they go to like, first off, the nature, the like setting sun, the reflecting of the sun on the water making it look like a honeyed, glowing, shining orange. It looks beautiful. On top of that, you go to, like, the city, and they're in Tokyo, and, like, those bridges and those places, like, oh, I was there. It looks exactly like that. Or when they're getting on the train, the platforms, down to the minute details of these areas, it looks like they just took a picture of something and then animated it. But, yeah, and I think you're right that there are moments that that are like that that kind of feel like there's a lot going on especially in the dialogue scenes i wonder though if how much of that comes into play from how the story was kind of set up and i want to talk about this for a second which is the director makoto shinkai he wrote this film and he practically made the film all by himself so i'll tell you what happened he first wrote the film he created a storyboard for the entire film himself and then he acted out all of the characters himself and chose all of his own music and practically made like a rough draft because he also edited this film as well so he edited an entire rough story with like drawings and his own voice acting for the entire film and then he went and was like i want my team to animate this and he went to different music different like rad wimps and this other composer to kind of bring those elements of what he was envisioning to the screen and i kind of was wondering if because it's all his idea which is kind of really cool because i don't think you really have a lot of times where the director kind of takes his entire story to that point to that where he practically made the entire thing all by himself but also i wonder if that was a benefit to really he 
can tell his own story, but also maybe kind of hurt him a little bit because there are times where there's these scenes that felt too crowded or something like that. But because it was all him, there's maybe wasn't anyone there to be like, oh, you know, maybe this shouldn't be this way or something like that. You know, maybe. What do you think? Possibly. I I don't know. How unusual is it for this kind of process for a typical anime movie? I I will say that I'm not 100% familiar with like Japanese animated films, but I know that this is not necessarily this is not a normal thing, I think. Which is maybe you have like your directors, maybe like a studio Ghibli film have done something like this, but I think for the most part a lot of films usually the director will give like a something and then an editor would put it together or something. Kind of like the studio films like say like a marvel film which has oftentimes a director has dozens of producers you know sometimes even like up to 10 writers all working on the film and on top of that you have the entire support of the disney studio execs also contributing ideas and feedback on the films versus a auteur film that you think of somebody like tarantino perhaps who he pretty much is the the stopgap for everything that happens on the film. It all comes through him and he's the final decision maker, more or less, on those films. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Which is unusual perhaps for a animated film just because animation is such a more labor-intensive process. Exactly. But I actually want to go into the story a little more, actually, because it is something that he wrote and I'm curious to, to, to hear your thoughts on it because before watching this, did you have any idea about this uh, world that he tried to build and he tried to make it very realistic. I remember him saying that he tried to make a fantastical world but have elements of reality within there so people kind of can realize that this is not just an animated film but we're kind of, Suzume herself, the character is kind of like a conduit that we kind of live through and he kind of sets it up with story of... um, basing it around this event in Japan. Uh, There's a big, huge earthquake that hit Japan in 2011 that is what kind of the basis of this movie is based on. So my two questions for you, sorry, that was kind of a long wind-up for this uh, question, but did you know much about this this incident and, like, what do you think of the story as a whole? Not just the incident, but just, like, the entire story. What do you think of it? I was not particularly familiar with the earthquake of 2011, but I know Japan and actually a lot of Southeast Asian countries over the last 20 years have been hit by tons and tons of natural disasters as of late, like tsunamis, earthquakes, you know, natural disasters affecting nuclear power plants, you know, all of these things have been happening in relatively close succession. And I think Japan has had like three or four major disasters in the last like 20 years. Yeah, so this, the 2011 earthquake that this movie is based on is pretty much the one that also caused the nuclear meltdown that happened. So that was Got the it. same the earthquake that this movie is, is based on. I think it's a really interesting idea, like the whole idea of like natural disasters being sort of caused by spiritual unbalance. And I think it's a, a very uniquely, um, what is the, the religion that preceded Buddhism in Japan? Did was, Shintoism? Uh, Shintoism, yeah. It's very a Shinto ideal of animated animated in a different term 
uh, different meaning, like living ideals of in Shinto, they give a natural disaster, a like presence, a, a human-like idea. In this movie, they kind of take that idea of natural disasters being caused by this spiritual embodiment of calamity, which they're calling worms, which is cool. I, I think it's an interesting way of, I don't know, discussing those topics. Because like, you can't blame natural disaster on anyone in particular, right? So like, how do you make natural disaster an enemy that you fight, right? And so this movie kind of creates natural disaster in the form of these worms as an enemy that you can fight and yeah. you can prevent which I think is interesting. I don't know. There's part of it for me that I just kind of felt weird where there's just like this giant mystical, like tentacle thing that's kind of destroying Earth. But I think also a part of it for me was some of it didn't make sense. It was cool. I love the idea. But there was moments that it kind of just like you have to just be like, okay, this is a, a movie that has made up knowledge in it you kind of have to like put some disbelief on like why does this make sense it kind of doesn't but whatever it's just like the whole rules of like oh you have to, you can only go into this realm by going through the first door you ever go into or like why does the cat kind of cause suzume's aunt to kind of hate her and talk through her this weird like angry way like there's some moments that just kind of don't make sense and kind of more or less just force the story to go in a certain way that mm-hmm. I didn't th- I felt like didn't really make sense to me there, I think it's just kind of like, like whatever conveniences yeah exactly almost. yeah but I also thought like the cats were kind of an interesting idea that I wish was explored more because there were there were some elements of it that like I agree just felt like they were made up for convenience like the oh you have to go to your the first door that you ever went through doesn't really make any in-story sense. We've never seen anyone else go through a door, and we've been told explicitly you can't cross it unless you're dead. So, like, now we're getting kind of this retcon two-thirds of the way through the movie or three, three-fifths of the way through the movie or whatever. And uh, so, like, that felt like, oh, they needed some reason, some way to get her across the, the border without it being too sad like she kills herself or something you know which honestly could have been an interesting choice but it would have been really sad but i I think he his goal with the film was he wanted to remind because he he has a daughter himself and he mentioned this as well that his daughter was born around the time this earthquake hit japan and she doesn't have any recollection recollection of this event and she wanted he wanted to make a film that talked about it in a way that was easily to to view like it's you know it's not like super sad or super depressing or super like a strong opinion on it he just wanted to have something that reminds the world in japan of this this event and how they kind of everyone came together to overcome it and also these this new generation who maybe don't even know about it and kind of are able to visually see it through the animation world how this affected japan and i think another thing is actually the reason why she stops in all these locations like she stops in tokyo she stops stops in kobe she stops in all these little towns to close these gates these were all locations within japan's history within like pretty much the last hundred years that have had huge disasters in them so he kind of wants to talk about those as well like there's one that happened uh, like a hundred years ago of the time of the recording of this like in 
1923 a big earthquake hit tokyo so like you know these um these big events that you know kind of changed japan and he kind of that's the reason why he chose this course of her starting far in the west and kind of moving east north towards her end goal which is the 2011 earthquake location because he's like oh it's these these big events that happen and she's just kind of he's kind of stringing her along pretty much to through these old disasters pretty much i think he he actually uh that was my takeaway from the film more or less as the theme and i I felt like he conveyed that pretty well actually which is like a, a a sort of understanding that these natural disasters are going to occur and that death happens and that tragedy happens but that even in spite of all of that tragedy you can still persist and still kind of carry forward and you will see like a brighter tomorrow. And like, I think he accomplished that pretty well with both the kind of physical manifestation of this worm and the disasters that happen throughout the movie and how people gather together and they survive it and they they persist. But also like in the Suzume character, she is a person who's experienced immense tragedy with the loss of her mother, right? And she still ends up finding happiness in the end of this movie and finding joy and finding people who don't replace her mother but like can still make her feel happy in that sense the the emotional story is really well told i think some of the information is is a little like okay and i don't know i i I think i wanted some more lore i'm kind of a lore person i like lore so i i like the we talked about the cats earlier to me those screamed like a new kind of manifestation of yin and yang and so i felt like that's where they were kind of going with it like there was the black cat with the one white eye and the white cat with the black eye and so they were kind of like this ideal of yin and yang yeah Um, right i thought that too actually but then it it was just they're kind of like the same character pretty much more or less like one's like a parent like a motherly character to like the childish character but i was hoping it was going to be more of like a yin and yang right and you it's never never really explained which sometimes i like that sometimes it's nice to not have anything explained and then you just kind of get to make up the lore in your head if you think of something like pan's labyrinth which i think is kind of a a interesting comparison to this movie where it's like you have this child character who has gone through unspeakable tragedy and is entering into this kind of fantasy world as a way of both coping and also finding a way out of that tragedy. Pan's Labyrinth obviously ends very in a much darker way mm-hmm. and and kind of is a much darker movie entirely and it, it isn't about natural disaster so much as it is about human-caused disaster and war and violence, but they still have a kind of a, a structural similarity and a thematic similarity, I think, actually. That movie doesn't explain anything about why these characters exist either, but you don't necessarily care in that movie because you're told pretty explicitly that this is her imagination, and so the characters being kind of not well explained adds to the mystery and adds to the 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 guessing of whether is this her imagination or isn't this her imagination whereas in this movie you're told pretty explicitly this whole spiritual realm that no one's ever heard of is real and is absolutely happening in the story but don't ask any other questions which is just kind of frustrating because you as a character are you as an audience member are also asking those questions and you want to know 
but then the movie never gives it to you. But it's it it sounds like that it was the director's intention to not be about the lore, not about the the actual plot, and it's just about this kind of emotional resonance of these tragedies and his kind of takeaway that you can survive them and you can grow from them and you can you know see a brighter future regardless of whether you've had this dark tragic past and i I kind of wish though like it leaned more into it rather than have more of a magic because a lot of his older films like not older but his previous films like your name and weathering with you have somewhat of like these nature versus like human kind of aspects to them in a way but this one is very much this one's very much based in our world and i kind of wish it kind of delved more into that more than like having a magical feeling to it and like a magical ending not that like i don't know not that i didn't like it i just think that like i wonder how much of it is is lost because it has like that magical element to it or like that like not super folk it's like takes a somewhat of a backseat maybe that's just my takeaway but like i think it's a balance problem weirdly enough like you you want the like emotional and the fantasy but you also want some logic and some something to follow so that you're able to like understand the stakes right so like you have to have that balance of both so i have another question for you in taking this away from concession impressions and towards filmmakers cookbook a little bit do you think this has a good mix of flavors because to me it, it kind of felt all just a little bit too sweet i wanted something else in there to like liven it up i think so i i love to use this cookie analogy like they say add a little salt to your cookie or something to really bring out the sweetness and like really balance the flavor it kind of was like uh, adding salt to it i don't know if i want to add salt to my cookie kind of thing so kind of like cut back on it and was like i think it's okay and i think that balance was like it seemed like it was sh- scared to really go into that salty that sadness or something like that so he kind of kept it very happy uh, yeah. yeah so i do agree with you i do agree with you that i feel like that kind of is what my my overall feeling of it was which i, I feel like i wish it was a little bit darker a little bit more a little bit more sad with a happy ending of like hey at least they were able we were able to make it you know even though it's kind of like been a tough journey like at least at the end we were able to persevere right like i think like that is like uh something i wish he kind of tried to go into more and but again it's a movie that he wanted to be accessible to people of all ages so maybe having a little bit something darker would maybe go against that thought process for him but even something like like i I think what could have been really cool is if we leaned a little more into suzume's thoughts about her mother because we never really feel like she's at a loss right because we get from the very beginning she has this wonderful aunt who is dutifully taking care of her, cares a lot about her, and she's well taken care of. She's happy generally. And, you know, it doesn't seem like the loss of her mother at a pretty young age, too, had much effect on her generally, right? Like, she seems like a pretty well-adjusted, normal teenager that's relatively happy. And then 
we kind of get this running joke that she's running away and she's like having a rebellious moment but we never really see that and she never really is actually having a rebellious moment she's like a little too perfect <laughs> is, is what the issue is i kind of wasn't a big fan of the romance of this film like i didn't feel like suzume and sota's relationship really made sense that they kind of fell in love with each other yeah. by the end which is why i was thinking like i kind of do wish that it leaned more on this the relationship with suzume and her aunt throughout which would lead up to the the, the gas station rest stop scene where they have that fight really made sense without having a cat make her say it rather than it actually like was building up to that moment have more of like a she's like a troubled character maybe maybe she was like a delinquent not delinquent but like you know like not the best student or something like that and like her skipping school was like more normal like wow you're skipping Mm -hmm. school again kind of thing like this is it like i'm gonna come find you or something like that but this this time she's actually skipping school for like a good reason to save the world kind of thing you know like something where it it makes more sense for the build-up to the ending of like the whole her mother's gone and coming to terms with like losing her mom on that fateful day and like you know all these things like i think it i wish i could have that's kind of the route they would have he would have taken with this film yeah i agree also soto is boring he does nothing the whole film except be a chair and make you question of where are the eyes and how does a chair eat and also like there were some very weird moments (laughs) where she's like sitting on him yeah or standing on him or something yeah i don't know (laughs) There are some moments in this movie that are like, well, where are you going with this? This is uh, not what I was expecting, especially considering she's like 16 and he's like 20 something. Yeah. So there are a couple of things that these are just like really minor things that just kind of bothered me. We never learn how the chair loses its leg ever. I think what he said was there will be moments during the disaster. Like a lot of the visuals that he took for the animation of this were actual things that happen like there was a moment when they go to the other world where there's like a boat on top of a house like that mm-hmm. was something that actually happened where when the tsunami I came felt in that, that some of those images just to, sorry to cut you off for mm-hmm. some of those images were some of my favorite parts of all film because i i could 100 percent feel when i saw those images oh this is something that really happened even though i've never seen that image of a boat on a house but like i it felt real like or at least inspired by something real yeah and, and i think so that that's i think where the three-legged chair came in because there was say like well you know there would be sometimes things that were just untouched but then there's some that were like missing a leg or like you know a boat on a house or something things like that where like you don't necessarily understand how did this boat get on this house but you're not there to see it but then like you only see the aftermath of how this event has caused these damages so the missing leg i believe was just like something happened to this chair there's maybe a little short film we can make about the journey of this this chair and losing its leg or some of that you know and and how the whole house was maybe swept away and then it's maybe somehow came back to shore or something like that and it's just missing a leg so like there's i think that's kind of appreciated a lot more because if that is that's that is interesting. Yeah, here's the thing I, I is wish... that I wonder how much of this film I like more because I was able to like hear these things from the director. Because mm. like I feel like once you kind of hear these thoughts from him, it's like, okay, that makes more sense. That's kind of a really cool idea. I really like this. I really like his overall 
purpose of the film his overall like meaning and then even though like i was watching it and i was like oh, i don't really like that i don't i don't really like this i kind of forgave him after the end because i was like okay well everything else you're saying i appreciate and i think it's still end of the day like most of it is really beautifully drawn i love like the starry nights and the the like the weather the sun the setting sun the rising sun the wildlife the city like it's all really beautifully animated so i think i kind of forgive him for that and i think like it just aesthetically it looks really fun it looks really nice but on that note actually do you want to jump in to our concession impressions sure i gave it a low popcorn like a it's a popcorn that's like maybe two-thirds of the way empty or into two-thirds of the way full like you know how sometimes they'll give you the popcorn and they won't fill it up properly okay it's kind of like that it's still good but it's just not quite as satisfying as you want it to be gotcha yeah i think i agree with you i would also give it popcorn you know mainly because i've seen his other films i think i think this one the story for me definitely had its holes and i wanted to see more from it and i think that's really where it came to this popcorn but um i think hopefully people listening and what i heard from the director it might make this film a little bit more enjoyable for them to watch or after post watching hearing these things being like oh okay that was that intention for that and that was that intention for this so hopefully that helps for people listening to it i mean i i think it's it's a really good emotional movie the emotions in it feel nice and so i have no complaint with that it's just i think there are are some elements that could be finessed a little better to make it a better tasting movie for me for me personally just okay and so like like i don't know that that's why i'm giving it like a popcorn is that like i understand why this movie exists and i understand this movie is good but it could be better it's not perfect i look forward to his next project and hopefully he can grow and and you know make something even better next time so that's exciting and that's what you want to see from any kind of artist or director or storyteller it's just it's always a process you know growing better with each film with each story true anyways that'll be it for this episode i believe so you're about to get to your place so let's uh pull over here and that's our concession impressions for the film suzume i hope you enjoyed as always Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Film Cookbook. Tell us what your thoughts, what your concession impressions are. Also, at the same time, we would love for you to go over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Give us a review on there as well. Tell us what you think. Tell us what your review is of this film. And we hope you enjoyed it. Now, Chase, get out of my car. Three and a half stars on Uber. Uh-oh. That's my rating. Dang it. I, I didn't have a... I didn't bring any drinks or snacks with me. Nope. Next time, I guess. Next time. Bye. All right. Bye. And turning on the radio. Bye.